Episode 70 of the PA Turnpod is here. NFL is back. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Phillies game last night that we attended in a large group for my birthday. We're going to review the Bills and the Rams in the 2022 season opener of the NFL. We'll preview uh, the Eagles and the Lions week one matchup. We'll do our weekly pickums. It's back. We'll do the TTP segment with an added bonus pick this year. We're going to wrap it all up with a four-minute scramble, which will include the Lamar Jackson contract dispute, the MLB rule changes, and a lot more. We'll wrap it all up after that with the W's and the L's. But first, a word about Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 70 of the PA Turnpod. Joined, as always, by Joel. I'm Rob, and we welcome you to our first NFL Football Friday of the year. Episode 70 is here. Football's back. How are you today, sir? Doing well. Doing well. It still hasn't hit me that football is back. Maybe when I'm at work and I realize my ESPN app is just blowing up with notifications of every game getting a touchdown, then it'll hit me then. And when the Eagles actually take the field. Yeah. On the radio, but I'm doing well. How about you? I'm uh, I'm unable to complain. <laughs> unable uh, to complain. I like uh, it. It's been a, it's been a good few days, and a couple more good ones coming up. You know, we yeah. uh, we attended the Phillies game last night. Nice group. We got a uh, Top Golf coming up tonight. I know you're you're in Jersey, but uh, it'll be a good time. And then uh, baseball starts this weekend for me. So, and football's back. So, nice little uh, nice little wraparound weekend for me. Nice little weekend for us. We got the football's back. College football is really starting to heat up. I got the hiccups. It's great. <laughs> Unable to complain. I Unable to because there's so much air in my face. <laughs> I mean, and but we had to start with a tragedy apparently yesterday. Nick Cassiano still on the injured list as the queen went down. Unfortunately, he did this from beyond the grave. Yeah. <laughs> It's a new level for Cassiano. Doesn't have to hit on run, but he can still take someone down. He works in mysterious ways. But uh, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, in seriousness, uh, the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, I think the third, the second. We don't, we don't really know. Something like but, that. Whatever. But the Queen out there in the UK, Lizzie. yeah, passed away. Lizzo, yeah. Uh, Queen, uh, passed away at ninety six, I believe, oh, yesterday. I think yesterday morning, our time, God knows, over there in the UK. But uh, apparently the whole world is rocked on that side of the, the world anyway. The Eastern Hemisphere, all of UK, all of Europe is just shook it to the core. And uh, there's a scramble topic on it about sporting events. We'll get to that later. But uh, any thoughts on the Queen, on her passing? Uh, you know, the Queen and I go way back. Um, really? Uh, I... To- be quite honest with you and i'm not saying this to be disrespectful i wouldn't know her if she fell on me so <laughs> the queen I, I it's obviously a much different um you know life is a lot different in these other countries and these other continents too mm-hmm. so that's a big loss for the world um but it life goes on here yeah um, my condolences to her family i believe the uh i saw a tweet uh, a picture of the guy that's taken over the king um, and somebody said he's playing with five fouls too, so he he might be next. Uh, <laughs> but this uh, this woman apparently, uh, by all accounts, was a very sweet old woman, and um, she lived through every World Cup. Did I read that correctly? Like, yeah, is that actually did. true, or is somebody being hyperbolic? 
because <laughs> ninety six. She's she's been alive for every Super Bowl, every World Cup supposedly. Like what's that? Probably like forty Olympic games. Like that's absurd. So she's seen a lot, and um, to live that long, whether you're a royalty or not, is is very impressive. Ninety six. Um, that's a long time. Apparently, she made an impact in the nineteen sixty six World Cup. So she playing it. I think she handed the trophy. I don't think she, she must not have made an impact then. But that's uh, <laughs> that's great. I mean, think about um, just from our perspective how different the world was ten years ago. Now multiply that by nine for her, and the, the world has just changed so much since she was, you know, an adolescent. And I'm sure her her job and everything has has changed in the time that she took over. So good for her. Uh, our condolences to her and her family. Um, for sure. She died peacefully, from what I read, which is uh, always That's always ideal, right? Yeah. She tells me that she probably fell like was in her sleep or something, or or went without you know feeling any type of pain, which is good. Yeah, she had a good life, long, full of stories and whatnot, and grandkids and memories for a lifetime. So, uh, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth, at ninety six. Queen, Queen Elizabeth the second. Now the Iron Sheik had something to say about this. Um, he has multiple things to say. He in general. Uh, he was not a supporter of hers. He said the only Queen Elizabeth he recognizes was a uh, Macho Man's wife. So, oh, that's a true. Um, that's true. As far as we know. Uh, he doesn't believe in the queen, so she is. Uh, she's like Santa Claus to him. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not off though. I mean, there is one Queen Elizabeth in WWFE, and that is the Macho Man's wife. Miss Elizabeth. I, th- I thought she was Miss Elizabeth, not Queen Elizabeth. Well, in our eyes, I guess. Yeah, I, she's a queen. Uh, Shiki Baby is a good follow though. On the, until on the Instagram Luger, machine. Less, until Lex Luger came in. And then now Lex Luger has no muscle mass left because he's not on steroids anymore. He shrunk. Have you seen him lately? Yeah, he looks like Scream. When, um, you, when, <laughs> when you eventually get to the uh, A&E documentaries, they have a uh, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth like this episode. And obviously they have Lex Luger in there. He is yeah, he's tiny. little man. Yeah, I saw a video of him in an autograph signing not that long ago. I feel for him. Yeah. I think he's on five fouls. Probably, but uh, I were condolences to the uh, the royal family. Um, but uh, hopefully they're able to get back to life as normal as it normally would be over there. Um, and we uh, we'll pay our respects here and then uh, move on. But yeah, good for her. Ninety six years is a long time. Yeah, that's Insane. a lot of a lot of wars and a lot of big things in in the history of the world. So hopefully think- uh, England's in good hands with the new guy or woman. Um- do you think she didn't want it bad enough to get to 100? Didn't have the dog in her. <laughs> well, there you go. You hear a dog actually in the background. And the dog is downstairs barking at that. My my neighbor, <laughs> uh, we have to, uh, I guess, prematurely apologize to the listener. My neighbor is getting some work done next door. And uh, they're like cutting wood. So I think they must be building something in his basement. But there's like a wood cutter, John, like a little saw thing. And it keeps making sounds. And then my dog is barking at the sounds. And my other dog likes to bark at anybody that walks by. So you're barking today. That's that's the reasoning. It's a beautiful day outside. So there's probably people walking by with their dogs and their kids and stuff come back from school. So that's what the dogs are barking at. Who let but the not, dog? Not much I can do about it. <laughs> it's a nice segue because uh, we went to the game yesterday for the Phillies. And it was apparently dog night at the park. And uh, we saw many 
many dogs on the screen, but in reality, at the stands, around us anyway, there was not a single dog until the very end of the game when we were walking out. We saw a dog outside yeah, help, the concourse. Help me understand that because we got there. <laughs> so I knew it was like adopted dog night or something. Like they were like the Phillies wives have like the charity thing that they do uh-huh. where they try to, you know, get dogs to people's homes because you know, all these shelters are so overpacked. I thought it was that like Phillies tweeted out a picture. It was a starting lineup. But it was just like six dogs. <laughs> I thought they were trying to find homes for these pups. Yeah. Turns out it was bring your dog to the ballpark night. And of the 400 people that were in the ballpark, I don't remember seeing an actual dog. Not at all. And they were showing it on, you know, around the stadium. And I couldn't picture one. I like, couldn't locate one. Either. I looked over. I'm like, there's no one over there. It was that yeah, empty they too. kept showing people. The thing that tipped it off to me is they kept showing people that were in the very, very tippy top of the stadium, like where the, the fence was behind the seats. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, these people have to be in the 400 level. So I took a look around. And I didn't see a single dog. <laughs> Until we left the stadium, we saw somebody, I think, carrying one out or walking one out. I think your buddy uh, Zach said it best at the end of the night. Well, you know, we live in a simulation, so. Yes. So I think they were just recycling footage from the from the last part of the park night and <laughs> showing those people on the on the camera. It was it was, uh, it was especially awkward when they were doing the Simba cam, and people were holding up their dogs, and then all of a sudden there's a child being held up. I'm like, that's not a dog. <laughs> That was probably the funniest part. So last night they did announce an attendance of just over 17,000. We said 17,600. Are we going to go factor cap on that? Because you could have probably fit. uh, We were talking about it before the way they do with the wrestling shows where they put everybody in the camera shot. They could have probably done that last night. Just put everybody on the first level and And turn the lights off on the upper deck. Yeah. Just appear (laughs) like it's full. Like it's uh, the Oakland Coliseum where they just put a tarp over the top level. Because there was nobody there last night. It was actually pretty depressing. I don't know if it was you or Dave. They pointed to our right and like, look, there's no one in the stands. It's just a security guard just standing yeah. from empty seats. Yeah, there was one section in, uh, in upper right field that when the game started, there was literally nobody in the section. I mean, the only reason there was one person there is because the, the A's security fumbled the bag. Yeah. And now... All around baseball, they have to be secured in every section to make yeah. sure there's no activity. They were doing a spark at the park night, turned into doggy style night there, <laughs> where people were just right. doing it up in the tough section. But yeah, well, it was a uh, it was a pretty good game though, all things considered. I mean, they got to uh, Alcantara. Yeah. Now the the Marlins got to Gibson early too, and there were three different times where I think at least two of us said this game's over. And then uh, Nick Maton hits a home run. The Phillies uh, they get a little bleeder by uh, Bryson Stott. Uh, and then they they had the chance to get get the sweep. They were up, I believe, five four, as they end. Or I'm sorry, was it four three or five four? I think it was four three. They I were think up. they were four three. They no. were up by a run as we entered the ninth. And yeah. They yeah uh, four three. They were up four three. Then they gave up the tie, and then they gave up the go ahead all in the ninth. Two runs in the ninth. Yeah, they gave up a couple of runs in the ninth. Uh, there was a bomb off the wall off Robertson. Um, I think that was, who was that, Cooper that hit that or Anderson? Somebody hit a bomb off the wall, just missed getting out of the park. And then a little a little chopper to the right side that Hoskins backed up on. He tried to pick, and it didn't work out. It was 5-4 as we entered the ninth inning. Um, yeah, it was uh, Brian De La Cruz hit the ball to left field, almost put it out of the stadium. Um, and then... Um, Joey Wendell hit a ball to the right side. Hoskins tried to pick it, and he couldn't. And then Brian Anderson singled up the middle. A lot of balls that just got out of the reach of certain players. 
And yeah. there was a lot of balls that felt like they just like just got through the infield and just fell in the outfield. The center fielder for the Marlins made a brutal error <laughs> and then followed it up by making a really bad read on a ball. And the Phillies kind of capitalized on that scoring runs that way. It was a, it was an awkward game. And I'm sure it yeah. wasn't a, a good viewing experience on TV with how many people were there. They probably blacked it out, honestly. Um, yeah, it was it was just weird being there. I mean, it was cool, like being around your friends and all, meeting them. Yeah, but it was just depressing. Yeah, we were like half the section. Like I, yeah, honestly, um, I turned uh, to your buddy Dave. I was like, the six forty five start is just brutal because it's empty. Yeah. And then after I think the second inning, like you saw people in every section, like were filing in. Yeah. Like, all right, here do they come and then Yeah, that's what I was stopped. thinking too. Yeah, it we got to stopped. the stadium. There was no line to get in. And during the summer, I mean we went to a handful of games together. During yeah. the summer there was like a line out the um out the door it. to get into the metal detectors and everything. Then you're walking around the concourse, it's pretty packed. On the first level it was packed, obviously. So when we got to this the steps and the escalators and stuff, it it, it thinned out and then there was no line upstairs. Uh my two buddies went the second we got there. We got there just in time for I think the end of the top of the first inning. Mm-hmm. I think two of my friends went straight to the crab fry line, and they were back by the time the Phillies were eating. Yeah, and and then we ran up and grabbed food. I think we missed maybe half of an inning, yeah. and there was no line anywhere. The bathroom was no, there was no line there. It was it was very different. I mean, I I've been to games before, and I'm sure you have as well, where the Phillies were bad for you know they had like three four years in in a row where they were just like kind of lifeless, and there were still people there, and. I, th- I get, you think you're probably right. The 645 is just a weird spot, especially second week of the school year. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Marlins. It's not like they're playing the Mets or you know the Braves or a team that'll come and bring their fans with them. And there are a couple like local guys on the Marlins, so maybe there was some family there for them. But I mean, we're just just over two months removed from when they sold out the park against the Cardinals, and and to do that last night was pretty pretty bad. It, yeah, it was. I think you said it as well. Like I don't think we were even supposed to be here. It felt just weird just being at the ballpark. It was awkward when they had two strikes and we're telling everybody to get hyped up and we're just like, are we, are we supposed to be quiet? Like, it feels like we're at a golf match. <laughs> it was sad when they kept saying two strikes. was like, make some noise. And I'm like, mm, if yeah. I make some noise, the person in left field can hear me. Yeah, they might wake up. You could hear the... Um... You could hear the bullpen. Um, the glove in the bullpen popping. <laughs> Honestly. You can hear people cheering in the right field when the Marlins hit a home run, and we and Philly fans were begging the person to throw it back, but they were clearly Marlins fans. Yeah, you can kind of hear them just yeah, that was pretty away. funny. Yeah, yeah, but the sound of uh, Nick Maton's home run. Oh my god! First pitch, I was like, "What?" My head turned. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> shit was gone. <laughs> I'm like, this kid had power yeah, behind him with two absolutely outs. Absolutely crushed. With two outs, he first pitch just hacked it. That's what got the Phillies up one score, three one at that point. But uh, yeah, I mean another blown save. I mean, Knable's not there to blame, and Dominguez is still out. I think Coonrad. That is that his name, Coonrad. Uh, Coonrod. Coonrod. Excuse me. Yeah, he comes up and just blows the save. At that point, I'm like, ah. And your buddy Dave, who admittedly said. He has never been to a Phillies game where they won. Uh, we jinxed it numerous times. And then, and then your girlfriend goes and says, "Oh, it's, you know how it is on the night. The Phillies are going to lose." And the very first thing happens, boom, blown save, immediately. Every time, every time, without fail. So, ah, um, I posed a question here on, on the rundown: Is it time to panic? 
for the Phillies, now with the Nationals coming in today, tomorrow, and Sunday. And they've been, I wouldn't say red hot, but they've been playing pretty good baseball and scoring plenty of runs. They just beat yeah. the Cardinals on the road, I believe, 11-6. And the Cardinals are a wild card team, or no, division team, excuse me. Is it time to kind of start worrying about this team, especially with uh, Harper really not looking like himself at all? Even with that empty ballpark with no expectation, he still really didn't hit the ball well at all. Yeah, he doesn't look like himself right now. I don't think it's panic time, but the concern meter is certainly uh, pointing up, up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, it is a little bit of a break this weekend, not to call the Nats you know, a bad team, even though they are pretty well under 500. But they do get a little bit of a break in the schedule before getting some more difficult matchups coming up. So I wouldn't panic until maybe they look flat against the uh, Nats. Um, tonight's a good get-right opportunity because they face Patrick Corbin, even though he has had a couple of good starts in a row. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned he has, um, before we started recording, he has two consecutive uh, quality starts. So maybe he is a you know a candidate to kind of shut him down. Uh, but, you know, Syndergaard and Corbin, hopefully Syndergaard can be solid you know, a la his second and third starts with the Phillies. Hopefully Suarez is back to normal tomorrow. And then Nola Sunday, at the very least, they should win that game, even though they have been kind of squandering some opportunities. By the way, last night broke a nine-game winning streak uh, in Phillies' home night games. They had won nine consecutive games out of the lights at Citizens Bank Park, really? uh, leading leading into last night's game. So uh, this gross. I guess they have a chance to start a new streak uh, tonight. Hopefully that's the case. Um, I the good thing with Thompson and I was talking about this. I can't remember if it was with you last episode and or last night with uh, you and everybody. They have kind of bucked a little bit of the trends that they had prior to Thompson with Thompson. Like the slumps don't feel as long. Yeah, the losing streaks don't feel so bad. The games themselves, they're winning games that they otherwise would have lost. Yeah, we talked about it last night. At the park, so yeah. yeah, so I mean, at the very least, a game like last night won't demoralize them, and they have such a talented team. Like. I, I do think that in, in some ways, as fans, we have a tendency to overrate our own team sometimes. But I mean, just looking at the Phillies lineup on paper objectively, like one through seven is like very, very talented. You, you could argue one through eight, depending on where Segura hits. And even Marsh is pretty good. Like they have a good team. So if one guy's not hitting, another guy should pick them up. And that happened last night with Maton. Yeah, and they right. squandered the opportunity. And this would be a lot different. Um, the tone of this conversation would be a lot different had they held on to one last night, too. Yeah, honestly. We're talking about. How they, oh, they took care of business against the you know the Marlins. They beat Alcantara once again. With Gibson they did struggling early too. Robertson came in. Gibson looked like looked pretty oh, bad sure. early. So, yeah, they. I, I think the um it, it is sometimes about process versus results, and obviously the process in the ninth inning last night was not ideal. But they put themselves in a position to win, which in years past they weren't doing that in close games. They were just they were either fighting from behind the whole time or losing the game, never actually having control. So. At the very least, it felt like they had a chance to win last night, which is something that's important. So if they can just do that this weekend against the Nats, put themselves in positive positions to win and then execute after that, it'll set them up for more success once you get a Dominguez back or an Eflin back or you know whoever else is out there that's coming back, if Camargo comes back up or, or Derek Hall. So you, the, the reinforcements are on the way. And it's I just hope they don't play themselves out of contention prior to the returns of Dominguez and... Um, who's the uh, Wheeler and all those guys? And What's your take on the uh, kind of limping into this series against the Nats after last night's loss? Uh, I mean, they've gone through this before. Like they'll win a couple games and then they'll drop 
the last game of the series and then drop yeah. three straight for the next series and then bounce back. I mean, I think it was the what was it? The Pittsburgh series. They were up. Yeah. And they won two out of three. They, they won go three out of four, to, actually. Three out of four, excuse me. They go to Arizona, drop the first two, win it the last one in direct, like eighteen to Blow one. Out. Yeah. Blow but then out. drop three straight against the Giants. And then come home, beat the Marlins, and drop this one. It's like yeah. a trend that go up and down, up and down. It's a little bumpy right now, yeah. And, and the, the, it's weird. But we, you, we just finished the Marlins series. We got the Nats coming in. Let me look at the schedule. We had the Nats I'm coming actually, in. I'm doing the same exact thing right now. Oh, oh look Nats, at that. And then they, goes, they go they, back they, down to Miami. Back to Miami, and then Miami, oh. three games with Atlanta. That is just death right there. So if they can't handle business in yeah. these next three series, it's looking rough. They might still be in the the wild card, but ending the season in, on this note not a good sign. So uh, before we play, you know, too much of a game of you know looking ahead. Yeah. So the next four series: Washington home uh, for three, three in Miami, three in Atlanta, two at home versus Toronto. That's uh, that's fourteen. I'm sorry, that's eleven games. So three, 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 and then two. Um, Five of which are at home, six on the road. How many of those eleven do they need to win for you to feel confident and comfortable? I mean, I, I think at this point a lot of people just have them making the playoffs. Uh, I believe Fangraphs had them at like an eighty-eight percent chance to make the playoffs, and Baseball Reference has them in a similar ballpark. Uh, how many games do you do you need to see them win to feel confident moving forward? Because I think the playoffs are kind of I'm not going to call it foregone, but they really need to fall off the table to not make it. But how just to feel comfortable with this team, what do you need to see? Out of this specific group of the next 11 games, I would say six to seven. Yeah. I mean, you should be handling business against the Washington. Two out of three in Miami. Get one in Atlanta, at least. And, at least, yeah. And split Toronto. Exactly, yeah. My, my thought was you got to win three out of the Atlanta and Toronto five to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. I think there's a realistic chance they split with Toronto and then maybe take one out of three in Atlanta. But if they can take two out of three in Atlanta or, you know, and or take both at home against Toronto, kind of give them a taste of their own medicine because they beat them twice up there. Then if you win four out of six against the Nats and Marlins, that makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. Now, if they split the first six and say they take two out of three in Washington and one out of three in Miami, I got to see something in Atlanta to make me feel a little bit better. And sometimes this team gets up for the big games. Sometimes they really are blown away by good pitching, and if they run into you know Freed and too. Strider and Morton down there in Atlanta, then they could be doomed. Yeah, they got Freed in the opening series against Suarez. Looks like Nola versus nobody, and then Probably Falter Strider to end is my guess, and then Falter to end the series with Wright. So. I, ideally, that Wright matchup or the the Falter game will be Wheeler if he's able to get back. I don't know what his timeline looks like, but and they th- shut him down for another week about a week and a half ago. And it looks like to kick off the Miami series, it'll be Falter versus Alcantara. Good lord. Oh, boy. They're going to see it. But that's got to be, what, the sixth time they see him? Yeah. I mean, we saw him last night. Because they beat him three times, lost to him once, now lost to him, I guess, technically twice. That was just be the sixth time he pitches against them. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. without looking too much forward, yeah, I would say six to seven. Seven on the, the sweet spot, but yeah. six probably would do it for me. But it yeah, also – Five bare minimum. You can't lose – you can't lose more than six games here. And just like we just touched on with the, the Miami, the 6-5 to five loss, I, if they lose, short, sure, but I like it losing in that fashion. Like, you had it, and you kind of blown it. 
Yeah. I don't want to see an 18 to 2 loss. Don't give me that, especially versus Atlanta. That's not a good sign going in. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, that's my take on it. Like, it's six to seven. And if they don't get blown out in any of those games, that's a plus for me. But uh, let's just see what happens. Um, next series against, like we said, the Nats, and it's going to be Corbin versus Syndergaard tonight. Uh, Feed versus Suarez, and then Sanchez versus Nola to end the series. Then they go to that's a Sunday game too. I'll feel good if they sweep that. I'll feel pretty good about that. Yeah. All right. Um, while we were at the game, eight twenty-five struck on the clock, and your boy right here checked ESPN, and the Bills were marching down SoFi Stadium down the Rams' defense's throat as Thursday night football in the NFL season officially kicked off and began. And I get, admittedly, we didn't watch anything but the last seven minutes of the yeah. game when we got home. You were following a little bit on your phone. You were letting me know every time the Bills were marching down the field. Oh, yeah, because I had a massive ticket on it. Of course, yeah. Dawson Knox did squat. Boy. And the Rams couldn't score more than 10 points, so that kind yeah. of killed me, too. Yeah, the, uh, the Danny Green Award will be uh, will be handed <laughs> out during this segment. Oh, Yes. One thousand percent. It's gonna be a new segment. I think that should be the Danny Green Award. Yeah, we'll just call it the <laughs> the DG the DG Award. And then eventually, like I think about what week nine, we'll get the uh, GRGGR. Oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, this right. could be a, a get right game for the Bills, so to speak, because they beat the Rams after losing in spectacular fashion last year. <laughs> um. So Bills Mafia with a statement win across the country over the champs, thirty-one to ten. Um. First of all, did you expect them to? We expected them to win for sure, yeah. but did we expect them to win in this dominant fashion? No. So if you if you ask me leading into the game, which I think you technically did, what do you expect? I thought the Bills were going to score first. Mm-hmm. Um, our predictions last week, both of us had Bills scoring the first touchdown. My uh, my bet last night had the Bills scoring the first touchdown. I thought they were going to win. I didn't think they were going to win this comfortably, especially in the first week of the season, where you know the first game is usually you know a nail biter down to the final minute. Is this team going to come back and they get in the field goal range? Can they kick the field goal to win it? Can they get the ball back? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't think it was going to be this kind of like a boring 31-10. And, and for the most part, it was pretty close. It was, what, 10-10 at one point? Yeah. And then the at Bills the scored three unanswered touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Allen ran for one, and I think he hit Diggs. And who Gabe else? Davis. McKenzie or Davis or somebody scored? Yeah. Both of them, yeah. And, yeah, so I, I don't know if uh, – if I thought it was going to be this, but I did expect the Rams to have a little bit of jet lag, um, so to speak, not actual jet lag, but kind of the, the fatigue from being the team that won you come out. I think I mentioned this before you get the fireworks shooting everywhere. You got all the videos and stuff. Everybody's so hyped up. Yeah. You won the title last year. There's still a game that's got to be played. So the theatrics and stuff can't take away from your, your ability to get ready for the game. And I think the Rams, it sounded like they came out flat. Uh, Stafford was sacked seven times. They they just couldn't get anything going on offense. Stafford was throwing the ball to everybody that was white. And um, <laughs> yeah, Allen seemed like he was on his game five incompletions. He almost threw for 300. He did have two picks and Stafford had three, but it seemed like Allen had a pretty good game. He uh, had the most carries on the team, most rushing yards on the team. He's kind of just doing it all. Yeah, he's looking like the MVP, looking like basically the, the next uh, coming of Patrick Mahomes in terms of the face of the NFL, I mean, I think the Mahomes thing is wearing off. Like, we're getting a little tired. Just like yeah. you mentioned yesterday or the day before with Aaron Donald as the defensive player of the year. It's like, all right. A little bit we, of fatigue we, there. We already know what we can expect from you. Um, 
I it's expected almost, him to win like as well. It's almost like the uh, the LeBron effect, where you're just like, all right, yeah. we just expect this. You, we, right, we know you're going to be fine. We know you'll be great. What, let's talk about the other guy. Exactly. Um, I expected him to win as well. Didn't expect him to win 31 to 10. Not at all. Um, if anything, I expected them to come a little shook because you're on the road. God knows how when they got to LA, jet lag and whatnot, time difference if that's even a thing. Yeah. Um. And then obviously Rams are playing with house money. You're the champs. You're at home. Let's go and play. But I think you're right. Adrenaline dump did play in factor. And I think what's more alarming, no, give all credit to the Bills defense. They did what they did. They got to Stafford often and early, seven sacks. They picked him off three times. But it's alarming that the defense of the Rams all offseason, the weak preparation for the Bills team, and they only can muster up 10 points. Yeah, you got a whole offseason to prepare for this. I know it's a little bit of a new look offense. Akers is more is going to be more involved. Bring in Allen Robinson. You lose uh, Robert Woods, and Odell Beckham, and all these guys. But ten points is pretty pathetic. At home, at home. So uh, the official stat line: uh, Josh Allen, twenty six of thirty one, just under three hundred. So if you had the over of three hundred, I feel for you today. You were four yards away from that. He threw three touchdowns, two interceptions, as Rob said. He pretty much did everything. He carried the ball 10 times for 56 yards and a touchdown. He led both in carries and yards and tied for the longest rush of the game for the team. Um, Singletary, the feature back, eight carries, 48 yards. Stephon Diggs, if he's not, I mean, we mentioned he's like top five wide out. Put some respect on this man's name. He got paid in the offseason, and look at it, paying dividends. Eight receptions, a buck 22 and a touchdown. Gabe Davis, first touchdown of the game of the season. So put that on your Jeopardy uh, Quiz box, first touchdown of the NFL season of the 2022. Gabe Davis, uh, 88 who, who yards. Who was it last year? Um, it had to be Tampa, Prescott. Right? It was whoever Prescott? scored. In, it might have been. Oh, if Prescott does a rushing touchdown, that would have been awesome. Um, for the Rams, uh, Matt Stafford not so hot. Most of these are kind of garbage time stats, as he was down pretty much the entire game. So it was 29 of 41, 240 yards. Uh, touchdown three picks as i mentioned sacked seven times opposed to allen only got sacked twice uh henderson don't know who that is but i guess he's now the feature back with 13 carries 47 yards five receptions in 26 yards but uh cam Akers, mia with three carries and guess how many yards rob uh one wrong one too many actually oh wow zero so he gets the Daniel Richard Green Jr. Award for this week off the rip. Uh, for this game, anyway. Yeah, the, the part of Daniel Green Jr. will be played by uh, Cameron Akers with uh, his, his understudy, Dawson Knox. <laughs> right. Oh, Dawson Knox was... Well, Dawson Knox actually made, like, what, four more yards than he did? So, yeah, one to catch qualify. yards. So, like, because he ended with five yards, but if he had one, it would have been all right. Uh, Tyler Higby. Tight end, five yards. I mean, five receptions, 39 yards. Cooper Cup, of course, he's going to do what he does. 13 receptions. Had the buck 28. Yeah, basically just, he's your, they got they need help because he can't do it all all season because his body's going to wore down real quick. They picked up Allen Robinson, and he can also be mentioned in the DRGR award with one reception, Rob, for 12 yards. Bad. On two targets, mind you. Two targets. That's insane. 
Um, no puns for the Bills. Um, do you have a story or summary of the game that you can kind of like wrap it up all in, like, I guess, a sentence or a phrase or just one word? I guess just that the Rams came out not prepared to play championship football and the Bills came out with, they smelled blood and they, they took advantage. For me, it's too early to say it, but Bills Mafia, they're here to play. They're here to play. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with throughout the NFL season. Anybody that goes into Buffalo, especially, so it's going to be, it's going to be like Green Bay in the snow. It's going to be Kansas City at Arrowhead. It's going to be electric out there in uh, Buffalo. Uh, what's next for both teams? Uh, well, the Bills turn around and host Monday Night Football at home against the Tennessee Titans. And hopefully Malik Willis starts on that game. Um, I didn't know that it was a Monday Night Football because the same night as our venture to the link when the Vikings come into town, and it's only an hour apart, I don't know how you feel about that. Like I like the doubleheader, but I like the West Coast East Coast matchup. Yeah, that fact that the fact that they're both on the East Coast and they're an hour apart kind of ruins it for us. And now we can't keep track. And different channels too. It's yeah. The one is the ones on ESPN. The other ones on ABC. It's almost like the uh, the. It reminds me of college football where there's like a, a seven o'clock game on one channel, and then the eight o'clock game is the big game on the other channel. It takes away from the seven o'clock game. You got like Florida State. And you know, <laughs> and Miami on ESPN, and then you got Clemson and South Carolina on ABC, and the ABC game takes away the Thunder. I mean, people are going to tune in to see the uh, the Titans game. Yeah. And then the second the eight o'clock game starts, if that one, if the Titans game is a fourteen point game, they're going to throw on the Eagles game and then stay with that until that gets out of hand, and then either go to bed or put the other game back on. It's not a smart strategy unless they're trying to really just get every TV set in those particular markets to watch the game. But I prefer it if it's, you know, even if you do like seven o'clock and like nine thirty, like sometimes they do with the NBA, where maybe mm-hmm. the other game just starts a little earlier than than the first one ends, then you can kind of get them done. But I'm not a huge fan of ten o'clock football games, so I'm not a huge fan of having a late late game. But I yeah. do prefer them to be more staggered than that. For sure. Um, and then to wrap up this segment, uh the Rams, they stay at home. They'll host the Atlanta Falcons at a four o'clock slot on box. So that's uh, if that's a get right game, if I ever seen one, yeah. Because if Atlanta comes in zero and one, and they come out LA one one, panic button setting already. Yeah, the uh, overreactions are already beginning. Last night when you were uh, when you were heading out, when I got in my car, um, I had ninety seven five on, and it was after the game ended. All I did was I was at the end of the block, and I pulled my car to in front of my house. Yeah, I heard the, uh, the whatever show they were simulcasting from ESPN was talking about the overreactions already. Bills are, you know, the Super Bowl contenders. The Rams look bad. It's like, here's the overreactions. McVay never got his money. Stafford never got his. So the overreactions are pouring in, and they were they were parodying like they're making fun of the overreactions. Yeah. But they're they're going to start piling in before you know it. I think you even mentioned it as it was getting out of hand when we were at the the ballpark. You were basically saying to McVay, like, you should have never let golf go. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you thinking? <laughs> we do have some good games this week. Um, Oh yeah. So your question for that Monday night game is uh who gets Buck and Aikman? I wonder because And what will the other and what will the other um broadcast crew even be? Uh we speculated maybe it'll be Fowler and Herb Street, but there's a chance it'll be Levy and uh Riddick. 
And I, I kind of don't want to watch Levy and Riddick call my football game. I'd rather have fucking Aiken do it. Or Fowler and Herb Street. The thing is, we won't even hear them. Yeah, well, well, we'll see the but, highlights, I guess. Well, we can see the highlights and can hear those classic voices. Yeah, my gut. Steve Levy and Riddick, I'm like, oh. Yeah, my gut is it'll be Levy and Riddick. And they'll give... Although the ABC is more national, right, than ESPN is. Because ESPN, you got to have cable. ABC is just on the TV. Yeah. So there's a chance that ABC will just be the Buck Aikman game. Um, it I, I said it yesterday. It's gonna be weird because bucking because every year with the Monday Night Football games, you go into the season having heard the broadcast crew before do a couple preseason games. Like the, I don't know if they're actually Mondays or if they just do Sunday or Saturday, or whatever. But you hear the ESPN crew do a game, yeah. and then you go into the season and you hear them. But this is gonna be the first time we see Buck and Aikman on ESPN is the first game of that series or the first game of the uh, the season. I think they're betting on the anticipation of hearing them yeah. and seeing them on ESPN television, not Fox anymore. Yeah. My other question about Buck, before we get too sidetracked, ESPN brought him in. ESPN is also big in baseball. Do you think there was any consideration of giving him more national exposure by having him do the baseball games too? I'm sure they worked that out somehow, but I don't know. I really don't. What do you think? It's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I, my guess is he's probably just going there to do football. But I think, I think that's part of it because he did have that issue where he couldn't speak or he had like a sore yeah. throat or whatever. And he's getting yeah. up there in age. So. Yeah, he's a little older. He's not old, old, but he's getting up there for sure. So it, it does wear on you, especially with the traveling across country, late, yeah. red eyes, prep. I think it's time to like reel it back. I'm sure he got paid. A bag for this handsomely, yeah. So just to do focus on one, especially. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, even even what Herb Street is doing is kind of unprecedented. Where he's doing the prime game on Thursday, and then still doing his college games on Saturday. So that seems like a lot of work. So yeah. I'm sure Buck doesn't want to do that, but he'd be the perfect guy if ESPN makes a bid for more postseason baseball games. You got you already got the big voice in your booth. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it, but. Yeah. I wanted to see who they transition with. If they do ESPN, but it's not Buck, I wonder where they kind of like plant their flag at. Yeah, it's, it's going to be weird this off this postseason as well with baseball having uh, Joe Davis be the guy that does all the Fox games with Smoltz. You know, you're used to turning on Fox this in the World Series, whether you like him or not. Buck has done the World Series since the early 2000s, yeah. and it's it's pretty wild. It's almost synonymous with it now. Yeah. It's going to be weird we're hearing uh, a non-Buck call. Oh, what? Knock this over. <laughs> <It's Rob's>. oh. <laughs> um, real quick, well, let's preview the Eagles Lions and then we just jump right into the week one predictions. This is a nice segue in our, you know, pick'ems. I pose like four questions. Yeah. Well, three questions and then obviously, you know, the the score prediction. Uh what can we expect from this game? And more so on the Eagles. What can we expect more of? In the year two, I believe, or year three of Sirianni? Yeah, year two of Sirianni, year two and a half of Hertz. I would not be surprised if early in the game they try to establish the run, but they try to throw a lot more than they did before. Remember last year they tried to throw a lot early in the season, and then as the season went on, they really just got away from that and just ran the ball more. And they um, found success. Yeah, I wonder if with the new weapons like the Zach Pascals of the world and even the, and the A.J. Browns of the world, if they're going to try to throw the ball more and have Hertz actually stretch the field, don't be shocked if early in the game they take a shot down the field. Just maybe on the first or second play, they do a nice little play-action boot and Hurts launches one for somebody. And even if it doesn't connect, they're going to still show, hey, we're willing to do this. 
Um, but I yeah, think... not sure. Hmm. What, what do you expect early on? on By the that... way, uh, Bryce Harper out of the lineup tonight. <sighs> uh, just got it. It's Schwarber, Hoskins, Bohm is the DH. Romuto hits fourth. Segura, five. Stott, six. Veerling at center, bat seven. Sosa at third base hits eighth. And Dalton Guthrie hits ninth and plays right. So uh, a day off for Bryce after he uh, he may have re-aggravated an in- a hand injury two nights ago with the, uh, the foul ball he hit. Damn. And also good for uh, Bohm because... He did take a shot to the ribs. He's on second oh, base. Oh yeah, the pickoff. Yeah, and I don't know what was going on, but this throw was low back to second base, and it was so low it hit the dirt. And as Bone stretched out to touch second, ball squarely hit him right in the ribs. Yeah, right in the ribs. So, and then later on, I think he had like a costly miss when he tried to get the ball over his head, and he just couldn't yeah. get it. Yeah, so good for Sosa to get back in the lineup too. But yeah, the Eagles. Um, what, what are you expecting this week? What do you want to see? Um, just to piggyback on that, if they do take a shot, don't. Ex- I wouldn't be surprised if it's Quez Watkins of all people, because the attention is going to yeah. be on AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. Quez Watkins is pretty good, and people are sleeping on him. But yeah, he's going to be the biggest beneficiary from uh, the acquisition of Brown. His targets may go down, but he's going to be open more. And no Rager inside, so yeah, no, nobody on. ahead of him on the depth depth chart just because of where they were drafted. Um, what can we say? Um. Like similar similar take. I expect them to try to establish a run often. I think they're gonna do Scott and fuck. What's his, what's his name? Gainwell. Gainwell. I think they'll use all three backs and they'll use Hurts as well. Yeah. Yeah. If if Sanders is good to go anyway. Yeah. Um. I was just looking at the injury report. I can't get a clear injury report. But I expect more Dallas Goddard to to really establish himself now. It's time, buddy. Yeah, you were saying it last time. This it's just, it's his turn. Like the to, red zone when they're in the red zone, to be the guy. It's either AJ Brown or Goddard. Nothing else. If anyone, yeah. if someone's open, get it. But your target is the wide out, big wide out in AJ Brown with a big tight end right there. That's all you need. For sure. Um, next, uh, what do we? What do you want to see the most though out of this game, in general? I want to see, see the. So the the thing I do want to see the most is Jalen Hurts going through progressions and delivering the ball in between the numbers and delivering it on time and with velocity and not lollipopping it or missing his guy. That's what I want to see the most. What I expect to see that no, um, something I would like to see yeah. is how or well something I'm interested to see I guess is uh, the the rotation of the defensive line. Same. How how are they going to utilize Jordan Davis with Javon Hargrave with Cox? Are they going to use all three of them? You know, obviously two of them are going to be on the field at a given time. Are they going to have Cox with Hargrave at all times and then Davis with someone else, like Milton Williams or somebody at all times? Or are they just going to rotate those guys in and out and have different combinations of the two? Similar thing with uh, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett mm-hmm. and Josh Sweat. How are they going to rotate those guys? Are they going to go specifically? Because remember in 17 and 18, on third down passing plays, it was Chris Long on one side, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham moves to the middle. What are they going to do this year? Are they going to go with Hassan Reddick and Brandon yeah. Graham? Are they going to move Graham to the middle sometimes? Are they going to take Davis off the field on passing downs? Like, How are they going to do that? Also, I'm interested to see what the linebackers look like. Kaiser White comes over from the Chargers. Yeah. Nicobe Dean drafted from Georgia. A lot to look forward to and a lot to, that we're just very curious to see. And that's the uh, – I know Howie gets a raw deal here sometimes. And, and you know, he digs himself holes. Yeah, but the fun thing about having Howie Roseman as your general manager is you have a very different team every year, and he usually addresses the issues that existed prior. 
So the positions of weakness last year might be the positions of strength this year, and I'm interested to see how everything kind of meshes and gels. Exactly. Same thing. Mainly on the defensive side is what I want to see the most. The yeah. improvements, what they do, the rotations, and can they adjust? Because people sleep on Detroit, but Detroit is a good team. Yeah, and on they paper, play they hard. have some talent. They have some talent. Jared Goff was the number one overall pick for a reason. And he picked them apart two years ago with the Rams. Yeah. So let's not pretend Goff is this pushover. Even though he may not be great, he's capable of putting up 350 yards and picking your defense apart if you give him the right looks. They got Swift, I believe, still. The yeah, running back. Swift and Jamal Williams. And like, if, I'm about St. Brown. That's yeah, what about St. Brown wide out. D- so. DJ Chark Jr. Jamison Williams is not going to play, but they um they have a, and Hawkinson the tight end they have some talent there and they have a good offensive line. This I'll get can, to the uh, injury report shortly. They are, they might be missing some offensive linemen, mm, which may help. Yeah. But for the time being, that the team looks pretty good. The defense is interesting. They have Aiden Hutchinson there. They address some issues, and it seems like we said it a million times last year. Those guys want to play for Dan Campbell. I was just going to uh, say that. Deuce yeah. is there. Antoine Randall. They have some interesting uh, coaches and everything. So th- this is a team that might play um, inspired football. And th- listen, I know it sounds silly, and it's what we say every year about every team, but the, the slate is wiped. Yeah. You're not you're not two and seven fighting for you know maybe a wild card if you get lucky. Everybody's in it on opening day. That's the beauty of sports. Is you are what your record is, which is zero and zero. Everyone's yeah. a clean sweep. So nothing, nothing carries over. So you start over. This team believes just like any other team that they can make the playoffs. This can easily be a trap game if the Eagles aren't aren't careful. This can yeah. easily be a trap game, and people will be mad. And you'll probably hear it more so than me on radio on Monday. Don't know why I oh, do it to myself. <laughs> what happened? What happened to the Eagles? Like we should have seen this coming. Hertz was nine for fifteen in the first half for twenty nine right, yards. If like, you look at down it, the field. If you look at it from what we just said, the perspective of it's a new season, clean slate, look at the acquisitions, look at this. Yeah, on paper, sure, the Eagles can win the division and beat this team, but the Detroit Lions aren't what they used to be and they aren't what they were last year. Yeah, these aren't exactly the 2014 Browns that they're facing. Yeah. This is a good team, Uh, at least on paper. I don't want to be the guy that goes, oh, this was a great team, Uh, and they're really not, but just to overstate how good you look against them. Yeah. But yeah, this is a team that, I mean, there's a reason that this is not a wide disparity in the spread. Um, I know Vegas doesn't rule the world, but they, <laughs> they usually know what they're doing. Honestly. Um, and this kind of always will piggyback. You, you, sh- you just mentioned a bunch of players to keep an eye on as well. So, I mean, we can skip that as well. Um, I would like to see how the receiving cores and Jalen Hurts mesh well, because AJ Brown is not your big target. Devontae Smith, was your big acquisition in the draft last year, but now he yeah. takes a back seat. Quez Watkins moves up in the draft, I mean, in the roster. We'll see how that gels. That's Those are the players I'm looking at, the yeah. receiving core. What they do without the ball, what they do with the running game, if they can hit, hold on a block and not cause fouls or flags. So I'm interested in seeing how that is for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, uh, a couple of the players I'm looking to see, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I'd like. I'm interested mm. to see what his snap count is. If he's going to play a lot, if they're going to kind of ease him in. Uh, I'm interested to see what James Bradbury looks like at the corner position. Is he cooked? You know, he's he's getting toward that older age as a corner. And corners, when they go, they go. Uh, it, it, that's a position you don't necessarily have a resurgence with. So when he loses a step, he loses a step. Yeah. Um, so the corners are very interesting to me. I like Slay, but he, uh, he's also getting up there. So the secondary is my main thing. I'm interested to see. I want to see what the linebackers look like. Uh, I'm actually more interested sometimes at the defensive side of the ball, and they have a good matchup to you know start the season with. They're playing against a team that's got some weapons, but not exactly you know 
not the 85 bears, yeah. but they're, they're going to play against a really good team. Um, at least, uh, individually. Um, I want to see if they can get home on golf and if they can, the, you know, I'm looking at Brandon Graham, uh, Derek Barnett, um, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. If they can get home, that's going to make the secondary look better. And that was the key to success in 17. So, uh, and obviously Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. That, that's a big, he, he's the guy. He, there's a lot of eyeballs on him, not just locally, but nationally. Yeah. The Eagles are, you know, the sexy pick for a lot of people to make the playoffs and make a run. Um, and it, it literally, I think, aside from health and aside from maybe the coaching staff, it really does ride on his shoulders. And can he deliver a good ball? Can he throw the ball down the field? How are they going to use A.J. Brown? Are they going to use him kind of in the Alshon role where they just say, go up and get it? Are they going to put the ball in his hand and say, hey, make a play? Let's see how they integrate him into the offense. And if he's going to be happy, you know, run blocking, you know, two-thirds of the time like the wide receivers had to do last year. So I, I there's a lot to look at, and I'm very, very excited to see this game and kind of see what they look like. There's more optimism this year than last, and there's more just like what's going to happen this year than last yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we were doing when we were ranking the quarterbacks. The Eagles will go as far as Jalen Hurts can take them. That's they they can have all the wide receivers, all the upgrades on defense, but if Jalen Hurts can't get it done under center with his legs or with his progressions that you mentioned, this team is doomed unless Gardner Minshew was just like the sexy pick to bring in the backup. Yeah. If he can maintain it. But if he comes in it's basically because we lost a stretch of games that we should have been winning and we're basically playing yeah, behind the eight ball off the rip. That's the, um, that's another thing. Um, the one thing I don't want to see this year is, and this is inevitable. I'm sorry. Like it, it, you know, the chiefs are going to drop a game to some random team. The Pats are going to beat some random team. The bears might, you know, surprise the, I don't know, the saints or something. There will be games that you lose or you win that you shouldn't, but I don't want to see them go into three games this year and lose three games that they should have won. So the Hurts thing is going to be a real issue at the end of the season. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, and we also have some a lot to get to today, but if Hurts doesn't work out, which I don't want to think about, <laughs> at least Howie Roseman has done a decent job of positioning them with picks yeah. the next few years. He's got picks from the Saints. He's got picks from the Titans. Um, and he's got picks from the, uh forget who the other team, uh, Miami, that they can use yeah. to move up and, and maneuver and get maybe a quarterback next year. And maybe Lamar Jackson comes available, and we have the same discussion about not being able to throw the ball next year. So Lord who knows? Lamar Jackson in an Eagles uniform. Oof. But on a uh, on a wider scale, we do have a lot of interesting matchups in week one. Yeah. Um, just to kind of bullet point them like you did, you know, the Dolphins, what are they going to look like? They take on the Patriots this uh, this week. We got, you know, Doug Peterson taking on Carson Wentz in Jacksonville and Washington. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield takes on his former team. Matt Ryan makes his debut. We got Russell Wilson's return, but for a different team. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in football this week, and this is what makes sports fun. Honestly. Uh-oh. What's up? Uh, these dogs are going nuts. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert are all due for new contracts next offseason now. Oh, yeah. I mean. I don't know what's going on here. It's a party in the the, the first level, unfortunately. I'm sorry. That's all good. Um. I believe Joe Burrow might get a contract extension somewhere mid of the season. Like you'll just see it just probably during the bye week or somewhere early in the season where he uh, gets a contract, especially if they start winning. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we've already touched on it. 
right before we recorded, basically they couldn't come to an agreement. He's going to bet on himself. So I think that's the end of contract talks until the end of the end of the season. So I would say so too. He kind of gave himself the Aaron Judge um, dream where hey, if I don't get a deal done by the beginning of the season, then that we're not talking. Which is good because you got to focus. You got to focus on especially. Yeah. You got to focus on the task at hand, which is the team in front of you each week in and week out. We'll talk about contract. We had all all off season. You couldn't get it done. We'll have next off season. We'll worry about it then. Let's go win a. Everyone's goal is win a Super Bowl, right? So yeah, let's go focus on uh, that. A couple more bullet points. You got you know Wilson's return to football. He's going to go face the. Or well, I guess he didn't, wasn't really hurt. <laughs> Russell Wilson makes his triumphant return to Seattle, to and we get a Thursday night rematch from last year on uh, opening Sunday. Uh, Tampa travels to Dallas. Tom Brady takes the uh, the mask singer mask off and he'll put a helmet on this time. Uh, so oh, let's man. jump right into it. Now, I wanted yeah. to uh, to prime this by saying I have a statistic for you. It's Go the uh, the da, 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 could be could be sponsored by you. Stat of the week. Stat um, of the week. Since 2014, week one divisional underdogs are 28, nine and two against the spread. Mm. So teams that play a division rival week one and are an underdog have covered 28 out of 41 times. Or I'm sorry, out of uh, out of 39 times over the last almost decade. Uh-huh. Uh, there are six divisional underdogs this week, and we'll get to all of them shortly. Houston is an underdog. New England, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Minnesota, all dogs this week. And we will make our weekly picks. Really? Mm. Right after this. And uh, we're back. <laughs> uh, if you're wondering why there was no ad, sponsor us. Yes. I'll put an ad there. Uh, where would you like to start? Uh, let's start with New Orleans at Atlanta. Okay, New Orleans, Atlanta. So this is the first of the divisional dogs. New Orleans is favored as it stands right this second at five and a half. The over-under mm. in this game is 42 and a half. This is in Atlanta, obviously indoor, no weather issues. Saints, Jameis Winston, and Falcons, Marcus Mariota. Second time in their respective careers, they're opening the season against one another. Why is that? Um, monumental. They were drafted one and two back in 2015. So second the time they up. faced each other, uh, Mariota had a perfect passer rating that time. The first time they played, Jameis Winston's first pass in the NFL was a pick six. So <laughs> fitting pol- polar opposites. Yeah, <laughs> polar opposites to start. And now on new teams, fresh faces. Uh, this is Jameis's you know third year with the Saints, but second year as a starter and he got hurt last year. So there's a lot of intrigue there. Saints did a good job building that offense during the offseason. Uh, Alvin Kamara, the weird stuff going on with him. They bring in Chris Olave. Jarvis Landry is still there, or is back there, back at home anyway. Falcons didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Calvin Ridley is suspended, but they drafted Drake London. Uh, a couple interesting teams. And uh, division matchups are always tricky. So how do we feel about this one? This one's a sneaky good game. New this era, be, yeah, this new era in Atlanta. At home, too, which is tough to play. Just like in, in the Dome in New Orleans. Unfortunately, the Chick-fil-A in the building will be closed. <laughs> um... Wow. Five and a half points is a lot of points for a divisional dog at home. 45 and a half? Uh, or 42 and a half. 42 and a half. This is as of Friday. So this could move a point or two uh, <sighs> in one direction or the other well, by the time the game begins. So that you're looking at about, what, 30, 20, you're looking at like 26 to 20 ish, I guess. I'm not great with math. Maybe 25 to 19 ish is kind of what they're looking at here. And for the sake of our. Lay the points or over unders. It'll be from t- 
today of the episode of recording. So yeah, if it changes, it changes. But we're gonna stick with that. Um, give me the Saints. Uh, who that? Who that? Yeah, I'm not gonna overthink this one. I'm gonna go Saints as well. Saints. I like New Orleans in this matchup. Uh, do you need me to jot these down, or are you? I'm. I'll, I'll just edit it on the Excel. I already have. Okay. Don't look at the Excel. Okay. <laughs> I have my my picks there already. Um, uh, I'll go one. New Orleans as well. Look for San Francisco at Chicago. This is possible, an interesting one too. Possible Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. Yeah, but another it could be Jimmy G though. First round quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who's the Bears' backup? Is it still uh, Nick Foles? No. Is it Andy Dalton still? No, I, I think Red Rifle signed somewhere else. Let me check that real quick. But I'm uh, pretty yes. sure he's not there. Folks, we do this every episode, and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, Trevor Simeon is the backup for the Bears. Gross. Uh, oh, they have Tavon Young, Temple guy. Okay, interesting team. Oh, they have Nikhil Harry, too. What a weird team. The Bears are going <laughs> to suck, Joel. Defensively, offensively, GM-wise. I'm looking at you, Under. Uh, so mm. Bears Bears are getting six and a half at home from the Niners. Very nice of them to give them some points. Over under 40 and a half. So you're looking at about... Was this twenty three to sixteen ish? Is what they're predicting. Really? Yeah. If you add up the the points and the uh, the spread, mm. give me forty ers I'm gonna go San Francisco as well. All right. Um, in the interest of us not picking all the same teams, at some point I will have to go against you. But those two games, I think, were a little easier. All right. Here we go. Oh, holy smokes! I see a game I love. Oh, okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. Well, we know that you're a fanboy for Carolina, so we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, well, yeah, that's the one I like. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> they're, they're home dogs against the Browns. That makes no sense. What? All right, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll Pittsburgh. get to that in just a second. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Joker okay. versus either Trubisky or Pickett. I have this one circled on the calendar. Um, I think I told you the last, um, the last 20, 22 years, um, the teams that are have lost in the Super Bowl are four and eighteen against the spread in week one. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals are laying six and a half at home against the Steelers over under forty four and a half. That puts you at about twenty about twenty five to nineteen, is that correct? Right around that? Something around there. Yeah. If you do the points. So so the Bengals are laying almost a touchdown and almost a half an extra point against the Steelers at home. Bengals coming off a you know, obviously a magical season. Their fans happy to be back in the playoffs after, you know, a short absence. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, a little bit of hope there now. They have a couple new quarterbacks. They lost Juju. They replaced him with George Pickens. Uh, this is this is fun, and this is a divisional matchup. Right out, right out of the shoot, we got some good matchups this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have Bengals. Uh, I I just think they're just more seasoned right now, and we'll. Who knows? Maybe in the off season, whoever is the starting quarterback for the Steelers, they worked on it. They have a game plan set. To face this defense, but until I see it, I'll go with the defending NFC champs or no AFC. What is uh, what's Lee Corso's? Not so fast. Not so uh, fast. Oh. I'm going to go with the Steelers in this matchup. Here we what do go. you know, Robert? Well, what do you know? As a 27 year old, I am now wise, <laughs> and, uh, and this is kind of a hunch too. Uh, I'm also going a little bit off the data. I think they'll cover one way or another. Six and a half is a lot. I could see this being a field goal game either way. Like if the, if the Bengals win, I can see them winning by like three. And uh, ditto Steelers. I'm just going to go Pittsburgh. 
every every year you get a weird matchup in week one where just something stupid happens and a team wins that you don't expect it. And I think Pittsburgh's a great candidate for that. A lot of people are sleeping on them this year. I know with the you know the the extra team getting in last year and then the the, the week eighteen debacle with the Chargers, that's how they snuck in. But let's not forget this team made the you know made the playoffs last year. And like they're a year older, but they didn't really lose anybody. And they and Tomlin just always has his team ready to play. So I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Okay, I like it. Uh, next matchup, uh, we just touched on it the segment before. Oh, but let's just make I, it official. Uh, I'm up. sorry to share this. Um, uh, Alan Lazard is doubtful for Sunday's game against Minnesota. By the way, for the uh, Packers, so Doesn't that'll impact. Mind. Yeah, that'll impact a, a choice later on. But I just wanted to share that before I forget. Oh, for sure. Oh, Appreciate by the way, the, uh, the the Lions are missing one of their offensive linemen. Uh, Tommy Kramer was uh, no participation in practice this week, and Frank Ragnow was a, uh, a limited participant and then a, uh, a non-participant on uh, yesterday's practice. Also, their kicker is hurt. Uh, the Eagles, yes. the only guy that is not a full participant was somebody who's really not relevant. What the hell is this guy's name? Uh, one of the backup corners or something is, is a limited participant. Everybody else is full. Gotcha. Except for uh, Dillard is out. All right, we'll stay right here then in Detroit and Philly. Uh, Philly at Detroit next. Uh, four and a half point spread in favor of the Eagles. Forty-eight and a half is the over/under. A little bit higher than some of the other ones. So they have this one at about twenty-six to twenty-two, kind of in that neighborhood. Twenty-five, twenty-one, right around there. Um, Eagles team total is twenty-five and a half. Uh, one uh, plus one seventy-two for the Lions on the money line, which makes me think that Vegas thinks there's a chance. Eagles minus 205. I think we did a lot of talking about this matchup. Who do you like in it? I have the Eagles covering the spread. And I think 24-17. So just on the under 41 total. Uh, I like the Eagles to cover as well. I'll go, I'll go Philadelphia in this one. Uh, not just because I'm a fan of the Eagles, but... No, not at all. The, the Lions, while they do have a lot to, uh, to show us... I think the Lions could come out fiery and maybe have the lead after the first quarter. Let me look at the first quarter money line. Uh, I can that, see that, too. Yeah, I, I have a weird feeling about that. Um, Special teams, too. So the double result in this one, which is uh, the Lions win it, are leading at halftime, the Eagles win is plus 700. I kind of like that. Maybe that's your long shot of the, uh, of the week. Uh, first quarter money line, Detroit is plus 126 so they're not too far off when i think mm. i think the eagles win it uh i lean under 48 and a half a lot especially yeah. with the eagles revamp defense and lions taking on the personality of their coach i think this could be a smash mouth run the ball 20 i think 21 17 right around there is also another like it, it'll hit the under i think over under how many lions players will bite an eagle player uh six all right that's a nice one i um, want well, uh, just for uh squirts and giggles uh, first touchdown score for the Eagles and first touchdown score for the Lions. Who do you like? Eagles. Uh, who do you like to, uh, to, oh, score, to score the touchdown? AJ Brown. I think they're just going to make it a point to just yeah. show it to him. They did it with they, Devontae Smith last year. With the, yeah, Smith scored Atlanta. last year. I think uh, I'm going to go with what I know. I'm going to go Goddard for the Eagles, first touchdown, and then I don't know who's going to score first in general, but I think Amon Ross St. Brown scores for the Lions their first touchdown. I think he like torches Bradbury or Maddox or something and gets open. And Goff hits him for like a 25-yarder. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past that. Both quarterbacks rush for a touchdown. Yeah, Goff can can run a little bit. Yeah, Goff's not exactly, you know, Peyton Manning in the pocket. Like, he can move. Yeah. 
he's not a Tom Brady either, but yeah, he can move. Just a little better. Um, here's one that I thought was interesting. New England heading down to Miami, another divisional matchup. Yeah. I believe Miami's favorite, right? This is uh this might be my early window game of the week right here. Um this is interesting. I like the Saints and Falcons game a lot as well. Mm-hmm. You got Mac Jones, year two of him, uh year like two and a half of Tua, Tyreek Hill, the new toy down there, Devontae Parker, former um former Dolphin playing now with the Patriots. Patriots kind of went out, spent a bunch of money the last offseason. They they kind of played it cool this offseason. But they still have an interesting team. Damian Harris, Ramondi Stevenson, good running back duo, a couple good tight ends. Jones a year more into his career. Now he's got, what, five years combined between playing for Saban and Belichick. Yeah. Uh, if there's any combination of coaches that are better than that, I'd love to see them. Right. Uh, and it's a do-or-die season for Tua. Um, I actually do have a couple wagers in already really? for the season, and one of them is the over for Tyreek Hill. I believe it was 67.5 when I got it. Um. I expect to, I don't know if it's going to be a big game out of him, but I expect them to feed him a lot. Um, I have 63 and a half for Tyree kill at plus one fifteen or minus one fifteen. So the dolphins are three and a half, three and a half point favorites at home against the Pats minus one seventy two to plus one forty four on the money line. 46 and a half is the over under. How do we feel about this game? Cause the Pats beat him last year in week one with the dolphins as dogs. They were my first ever dog of the week. The Pats. I mean, I'm all on. The Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. I wanted to see how this new offensive coordinator, no Josh McDaniels now. Yeah, if there even is one. Um, I well, don't believe that he has technically an offensive coordinator, but he has Judge back. And he's got, say, he's got um, Patricia back. Your boy. So Patricia's back, back in where he should be on the sidelines with a pencil. I got to double check it, but a few weeks ago, as of the time we recorded, I remember at one point I said the Pats don't have a single coordinator listed on their website. <laughs> Belichick's lineup. No, I know that Steve down. Belichick is technically the uh, like the the de facto um, uh, defensive coordinator, but they don't actually have one listed. So the uh, the senior football advisor slash offensive line coach is Matt Patricia. The offensive assistant slash quarterbacks coach is Joe Judge. Uh, Troy Brown is the wide receiver kick returner coach. They don't have a uh, a technically an offensive coordinator. And same thing with defense. They have Gerard Mayo and. Uh, Steve Belichick listed as like just like Steve just Belichick. coaches. And then Brian Belichick is the uh safeties coach. Yeah, this is a very interesting team. Yeah, I'm I'm with the Patriots on this one. Like, I think I might be as well. I mean, this is interesting. Miami's like the sexy pick, but Tua he can have a nice toy there, but his accuracy is trash. Yeah, and they've been using Mike Kosicki more often than not as an inline blocker, so I'm I'm interested to see how it works with Waddle, interested to see how it works with Hill, interested to see how it works with Chase Edmonds, what the running backs are going to look like. Uh, and, do you, and do you think a first-year head coach in McDaniels is going to beat Bel Belichick? Yeah, they asked him about what? that, actually. yeah, they, I, Isn't Belichick like remarkably good against rookie coaches? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Tua's not a rookie quarterback anymore, but he beats up on young quarterbacks, too. I think right the now. Patriots are, are a dark horse to make the playoffs this year. I'll tell you right now, if Miami beats New England, I'll put $10 down that Miami will be in the playoffs. I won't say okay. the division, but they'll be in the playoffs, which is crazy because that AFC West is stacked. Yeah, and the AFC East could be sneaky good this year too. You might have three teams over 500. The Jets aren't going to be aren't gonna be as sorry. Um, Honestly. I, I'm going to go Patriots. 
Patriots. Is that who you, you like them too, right? Yeah. So 46 probably, and a half puts it about, what, like 20, 26 to 20 or 25, 22, something around there. About. Uh, next on the docket is the Ravens in New Jersey to face on the New York Jets. I was looking at this one. Six and a half points is the spread in favor of the Ravens on the road. 44 and a half is the over-under. Um, very interesting. This is what, like 26 to 20, right around there. 25-19 is kind of what their the theoretical score is. I'll give it... Lamar Jackson is going to play out of his mind. Hopefully he doesn't play out of his mind where he gets injured because that's yeah. another thing. Because uh, he's trying to get a bag now. He's betting on himself. He's going to go for it. Yeah. Keep so, in mind, Zach Wilson is out until at least week four. Exactly. <clears throat> um, coach Sala is a good coach. He will get those boys ready. I like his mindset. I like what... So I listened, obviously, I told you before, to Michael Kay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don LaGreca, one of his co-hosts, is the pregame show guy for the Jets. Yeah, They were at Jets camp a few weeks ago. I like Salah's energy, man. He, he, he reminds me a little bit of Campbell, just like a little bit more dialed back. Yeah. But he seems like a guy, like a good motivator. He's so, been through some He's been through some ish, too, on yeah. the side. So he knows what it takes. Um, but yeah, I would take Baltimore for that. Yeah, you I'm going to go Ravens, too. But don't be shocked if the Jets cover that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, next matchup. Although Joe Flacco, I mean, he sucks, but it, it, it is a shame we don't get to see Wilson because Wilson would make this interesting. Oh, that's also another thing. Flacco versus his old team. Yeah. Um, here's a big one. Jacksonville flying up to Washington to face the new look Commanders. Not Washington football team, but the Commanders make their debut as well. Do you like the name? I do not. I liked when you gave me the names for the Commanders <laughs> and you gave me what was the... Uh, the turmoil or something. Well, no, what was it? Uh, you would have to go through the ah uh, bastard. What was the name you gave me? I loved it. It was uh, corruption. Corruption. Oh yes. <laughs> I think it's. On I the thought that was down. that was brilliant. It might no. Nah, it wasn't on the run because I kept it from you. Ah, yeah, yeah. You hit it from me. Um, but yeah. So Jags, Washington minus two and a half. I beg. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say Jags at Washington. 43 and a half is the overrunner, so 23 20 ish is what they expect. I think it's going to be a higher score than that, honestly. Could be. This is an interesting game. You got Carson Wentz, new new quarterback for the Commanders. Again. Uh, they got Jahan Dotson, a nice little ride receiver. Antonio Gibson's still there. They still have Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, hopefully healthy for them. Chase and then the Young. Jags. Jaguars. Chase Young they got, defense? Yeah, Chase Young's back. And Kerrigan's got, back. Yeah, isn't he like a coach now? Nice. Nah, I thought he's a player. I thought I thought, I thought he retired there. Mm, um, interesting. Jaguars have an interesting team as well. I mean, don't get me wrong here. I mean, Star and Marvin Jones is not what he used to be. Another guy that maybe Stafford got paid. There's a chance when we get to the Giants, I'll talk about Kenny Galladay and kind of his decline. But um, Jacksonville, I think they have a, a good roster. They Travis Etienne, one of my favorite personal play, personally favorite players. Uh, good receivers, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Tim Jones, all the Joneses on the world, uh, <laughs> Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Uh, this could be a good game. And they have Evan Ingram, good chance for him to be like a bounce-back player this year. For sure. This is a fun – they gave us a good little uh, – they really put some thought into week one this year, didn't they? Yeah, and Evan Ingram has been in that division, so he's seen this Washington yeah. team, so it's no yeah. slash. But in contrast, they've seen Evan Ingram as well, so yeah. could cancel each other out. How much of um, the Carson Wentz se- uh, second-year step do you expect Trevor Lawrence to take this year? Now, Wentz, Lawrence, different players, but similar play styles, as I talked about last year in week 
our first episode last year, uh, the first episode where I said Lawrence kind of reminds me of Wentz, where he will bail out of the pocket and make a hero throw sometimes. Dude, um, that, how, that one play lives rent free in my head. The one he did last year, he was scrambling, I think, to his right. Off his back foot, just said, F it, throw it back there, and someone caught in the back of the end. Yeah. I guess it was against the Colts, too. I Lawrence think. is a uh, – oh, this is also Wentz trying to get some revenge for the the, uh, the, the Colts collapse in Week 18 last year. A lot of hidden stories in there. Yeah, there's a lot of fun <laughs> stuff with this one. Plus, the stadium's falling apart. It's good stuff. It's good television. <laughs> now, the Jags. Yeah. Uh, do you expect Lawrence to take that step forward? Yes. How much of the offense for the Jags do you think will look like the 17 Eagles offense when Wentz really handled the RPOs and everything well? I like the, the uh, addition, maybe not for the contract, but they had to pay him. The Christian Kirk pickup for the Jags. I like it. I think they're going to be a big step. ATN's back as well. Love him. I love him as a player. You're going to enjoy watching him. You may not have watched college football as much as I did when, when he was in college, but he's a yeah. fun player, man. You were so distraught when you found out he was done. What well, like, sucked? He was going to play with his buddy done. Lawrence. Yeah, and then I had to watch James Robinson for a full year. Who <laughs> wasn't bad. Good back. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, he's going to be a huge step. You have a established coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, so you already know NFL ready and also proven winner. Yes, commands respect on and off the field in the locker room. But he's also a player's coach player's coach and he's going to put his player especially his quarterback in the best position to win we saw when he did it with Wentz and then obviously the turmoil with Wentz and Foles did that then the transition to Hurts as well he and he adjusted it. to how Hurts ran the offense as well exactly. people don't people don't and love Foles. to give him credit yeah people don't and, love giving him credit for that but he did help to put um, Hurts in a good position to succeed too yeah and people forget like everyone talks about the Philly special but remember if you look at the the clip Foles basically come up to Dougie P like, hey, do you want to do the Philly special or the Philly Philly? Doug, without hesitation, kind of just said, yep. yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Like he's just like he said, player's coach. So for Lawrence, no pressure. You're just free. Just go. And you have ETN back. Yeah. You have an actual tight end who's going to look for some, a comeback and get paid. You lose Shark. But, I mean, you're playing with house money now because no one's really expecting you to win the division. But you're gonna be damn competitive, and this is a new regime on top of that. So, yeah, all is good. I, so, who do you like in this game? I mean, look, saying all that, I have the Commanders. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Jags. I have the Commanders. I saying like the Jags to make some noise. Because I, I just think defense for the Commanders will eventually, at home, will get it together. But yeah, I, I believe that leaves us with two more early games. I'm sorry, what are you uh, yes, yes. This is one of the few times we actually get like a good slate of games too, because every team is in in play this week. But I wouldn't be surprised though. The Jacksonville Jaguars come out pretty good. I like the Jags this week. Um, um, next one, Cleveland at Carolina. So a lot of storylines here. You get to see um, Jacoby Brisket against um, uh, Baker Mayfield facing his former team. Panthers are dogs at home. It's one and a half in favor of the Browns. I expect that to flip over under 41 and a half. So this is the theoretical score of about 21 to 20 ish mm-hmm. is what they expect. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot to talk about here, but I'm going to go with the Panthers. I, I just don't see how you bet on the Browns unless you really you, believe in their defense. I tell you their defense. Miles Garrett. Yeah. People forget he's pretty good. Brissett can manage a game. He's not going to, 
hurt you, but he can manage and he can rush. Yeah. yeah. He, he was primarily used last season behind Wentz as the short yard uh, running back. He, he, he can control a game. Don't forget, he started a full season when Luck retired. So And you got Nick Chubb. Yeah, and Kareem Hunt. Whether or not he suits up and whether wants to play, we'll up. see. But, but if he plays, Cooper? I, Amari Cooper's there. Because, like, I yeah. can't. David Njoku. Uh, Njoku, I'm going to go with. Uh, give me his over this week, by the way. I like him. Brissette loves, um, loves his tight ends. Uh, Njoku, Gosh. 35 and a half. That's an easy over for me. Mm. I thought you were talking about a defensive player. Um and also, what was the other one? I can't really name too much on the defense aside for Carolina. I'm sure they're good. Uh, they have a couple of good players. Um, they have Jeremy Chin, the, the corner. Tr- I'm sorry, the safety that Doug wanted to draft instead of uh, Jay Jaw, as you might know. <sighs> I'm waiting for my $25 uh, cash back to come back <laughs> from FanDuel before I take the uh, the Njoku over. But 35 and a half is an easy over for me. <laughs> and then um, I don't trust Robbie Anderson. He kind of burned me throughout the season last year i thought he was he would have like one or two magical games and then just fall off fall apart yeah that's kind of the story of his career but it's ironically funny that he's on the team with a guy who he basically didn't want on the team to begin with and he's at 32 and a half by the way which is uh an interesting number his alt receiving yards he's taken 50 plus it's at 240 so give me baker on a touchdown Rushing, like he rushes for one and then spikes it and grabs his nuts or something to the Browns. Oh yeah, yeah. And this was Cleveland. Hell yeah, he'll do it. <laughs> very good call on you know, your behalf. Anytime um, touchdown score, Baker Mayfield. We're gonna get good odds on him. Baker uh, Cooper, definitely. Wow, plus seven hundred for Mayfield. Give me that all day. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I might tell that with you. Um, last one before we go into the evening yeah. games. Matty Ice heads to Houston as a member of the Indianapolis Colts. To be uh, fully honest with you, I have nothing to say about this game. Uh, Colts are seven and a half point favorites on the road against the Texans. This is another uh, dog in the division. Over under 45 and a half. I'm just going to go Colts. I got nothing to say. Same. Uh, I'm more intrigued to see how Frank Wright utilizes this bet. Because he's gone through quarterbacks left and right. What the hell's at my door? I was the mailman. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Colts all the way. All right, uh, moving on. We got a package. The G-Men heading down to Tennessee. Saquon Barkley, healthy, ready to go. Danny Dimes kind of controlling that offense. We'll see how that goes. No Evan Ingram. Shepard is there. No A.J. Brown for the Titans. Derrick Henry's return. And Tanning Hill with a massive shadow and Malik Willis behind him. Yeah, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home are the Titans. I'm going to just say the Giants can surprise them. Not in on the Giants the way I was last year. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? My buddy Zach is going to like this. My brother-in-law is going to like this. And my buddy Ron's going to like this. I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. I don't know. And a lot of your neighbors are going to like this. I know you Jersey fucks are, are Giants Relax. fans. Relax. North Jersey. <laughs> North Jersey. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna go Giants, dude. I I don't know. I just have a hunch. I have the Giants as well. Okay, so you got the same hunch I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I do not trust Tanning Hill, and I feel like the Giants are a sneaky team. New coach on top of that. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing too. I like Brian Dable a lot. Uh, direction uh, but, yeah. that they're going. I like uh, uh, Grant, I like Vrabel too because he's got a cool name. It's almost mine. So I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna go with the Giants. <laughs> it is yours. It's just one me, uh, letter. <laughs> let, let me see if I can grab a Saquon prop over on this. Um, 
While you do that. Barkley over 27 and a half receiving yards. Give me that. <sighs> Bro, that's a, a nice, uh, what is it? I'm drawing a blank. What the fuck? Screen pass. Yeah, screen Tell pass you. and a couple dump offs. Yeah. We got four four o'clock games this week. Uh, two four twenty fives and two four twenty sixes. Without Devontae Adams, heads to Minnesota versus Justin Jefferson. Who should have been I think this will be a high scoring game. This is a uh, forty seven and a half. So the Vikings like, are one and a point one and a half point dogs at home. So how do you like Jalen Rager's return to the team that where he should have went to? What's his over under? If it's if it's higher than twelve, he's not even on the list. Oh, he's not. <laughs> That's how much he sucks. I don't know how how they're going to use him. Oh, they just have Thielen and Jefferson on there. This will oh, be neat. fun. Uh, Rogers seems to be very good against divisional opponents in the first week of the season. Obviously, he's beaten the Bears a few times. I, mean, I don't Bears. have a ton of notes on this, but I I, I like the Vikings. Me too. All right, we're, we're in lockstep. This is probably very boring for listeners because they want us to argue, but I love the Vikings in this game. I minus one oh two, not exactly the best dogs in the world, but if you take them like minus one and a half, you can probably get plus money on it. So I know we're not a betting pod, but let's see if I can find a uh, alternate line here. Line sell uh, points. Here you go. I'll explain my reasoning. I had Green Bay, and then last week you convinced me when we were doing like the divisions lineup. Minnesota's pretty good, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, look at that team. Dalvin Cook. And this isn't like a one and done, like you win and you're in. This is week one of the NFL of 17 more games. So they can drop this game. Still get in. And still get in. So I'll take Minnesota. I don't um, To start the season? Hell yeah, I'll take So this is weird. What's up? The Vikings are plus 105 on the money line. But if you take them Vikings minus 0.5 points, so to win by just one point, mm-hmm. they're plus 100. What? Wait. And they're p- plus one and a half when you buy and sell points. It's actually lower odds than if you take them just straight up. Um, so I'm going to go Vikings. I think they're going to win by at least two then because that'll get me plus money. Plus 100 to win by at least a point. I like the Vikings in this one. Yeah, I like the Vikings. And I then we're going to save the uh, the two best for last. I think it's going to be a close game, a thriller yeah. in in Minnesota too. I like them though. Wash. That could be. Uh, you know what? Do I get the uh, the overtime prediction of the week? Because that'll it. be my, that's gonna be my overtime prediction of the week. Vikings Packers goes to overtime. I can see that. Let's stamp it. I just threw my pen at the, <laughs> pen at the desk. Uh, next game: Kansas City without Tyreek Hill on the road to Arizona and that turmoil of an without DeAndre Hopkins as well. No deal, exactly. And potentially without Rondale Moore. Good points. Good Another points. big. I'm a huge fan of Rondale Moore. Um, he's my he's the Travis Etienne of wide receivers for me. You are all in on this one. This is gonna be a good game. A lot of fun. This is uh, the highest total of the week, as far as I can tell, fifty-three and a half. Now, um, if any team is in desperate need to get it right, is it the Cardinals this season? Or yeah. do you blow, and blow it up because you've got a lot of so, acquisitions in the past two seasons, especially the Zach Ertz trade mid-season. I think it's time to nut up or shut up, especially so if the, you're paying. Uh, your quarterback, handsomely. Yeah. Lincoln Riley took the USC job, so Kingsbury can't now. Yeah. Uh, so that was my big thing: is Kingsbury was going to leave the uh, the cards and go. There. He's got to show me he can do it in December, man. They, they've been good the last couple of years, and then they've just fallen off the table as soon as Call of Duty comes out. Uh, <laughs> Kyler just falls off the table. There's a little bit of turmoil there, which is why I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this game. Although, I kind of don't hate. The Cardinals in this one. I like the Cardinals to cover that five. It's five and a half over under 53 and a half. So that's a high with a 27 to, 
It's about 30 to 20. I don't know what the fuck. It's like 30, 25, somewhere around there. 32, um, 27, maybe. Here's a shocker. I got the cards. Yeah, I don't hate them here. I, I really don't. If people forget, they were scary good in the beginning of yeah. the season last year. I really Almost don't to MVP for, for Murray, coach yeah. of the year for Kingsbury. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm reluctantly, reluctantly taking Chiefs in this one, though. And, of course, Kansas City looked mid for most of the season until we introduced the get right yeah, game right. for them through the end point. of the season. They made it all the way to the finals, basically. Is this, is this almost a get right game of sorts for you, for the cards? Oh, yeah. It's no, just, well, no, it's more of like a, it's a start off. It's a start off right is, yeah. I think, more appropriate for them. They need to get off on the right foot because this team can go haywire, especially with Murray and his, like, yeah, I don't know, quest for trying to be greatness or trying to get paid and the front office and Kingsbury yeah. quietly trying to look at the NCAA, what's opening. He's on Indeed. But, yeah. Um, the last one before we go into Sunday Night Football and Monday Night, this thriller. Yeah. Vegas, Raiders at L.A. to face the Chargers. Raiders, Chargers, Chargers, three and a half points favorites at home. 52 and a half is the over-under. Should two, be a very interesting game. Two teams that we like or love. Two yeah. quarterbacks that we have an infinity for. Love them. And Some Darren Waller, friend of the show. Friend of the show. He doesn't know, but he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, we witnessed that great game. That's one of the rare games from start to finish that we can say. Because you mentioned it. like People said there's a lot of great games, but in essence, it's really the final two minutes or whatever. Yeah, it's really the end of the game that's great. To me, this was like... From because what was on the line from start to finish, it was a great game for me. Anyway. I don't want to, it's not because I don't like Joe Burrow a whole lot and the Rams kind of bore me, although that is sort of why. But I yeah. thought that game was better than the Super Bowl last year 1000%. I didn't enjoy the Super Bowl, I didn't either. I'll, yeah, I, I watched a little the last bit of three, it. the last three Super Bowls I really didn't enjoy. Well, I had the, the mispleasure of working during the Super Bowl, yeah, but I watched some of it. And the halftime show was, for me, I guess, more entertaining than the game itself. Which a lot of people crapped all over. Which a lot of people crapped all over. Um, this one, I was going back and forth. I, I'm, all, I'm still going back and forth on it. Is Devontae Adams suspended? No. Because he's not on any of the props for, like, any time touchdown, but he's on the prop for two touchdowns or more. Interesting. Which is weird. That's, that, that was of last night, I believe. When I got home, I was making some props. Yeah, his his odds are locked. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, no, no, he's minus one fifteen for a touchdown. Well, it must have changed because yesterday he was nowhere near it, only for the plus two touchdowns. Weird. Yeah, five fifty for the two. Um, Dogs are flipping out. Give me the Chargers. I'm this gonna go Chargers it. too, just to be safe here. I think this is the year they figure it out. I'm not even doing that. I'm just thinking this is absolute revenge. No overtime. We're going to definitively run up the score if need be. Okay. We're making it official. So you think they cover? Oh, 1,000%. So we got one more game on Sunday. Uh, Cowboys at home getting two and a half against the Bucks. 50 points is the over-under. That's about 20, <laughs> uh, 26, 23-ish is about what they're saying. I like the under on that one. Yeah, I do too. Uh, give me – I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about this game, to be honest with you. The Cowboys are losing Cooper – Elliott may not be himself. Fournette, who knows what's going on with him? What's Brady's mindset going into this game? What's Julio Jones going to do? No Gronk, but they brought in Kyle Rudolph. I'm going to go Bucks. 
but I think it'll be on the strength of their defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, uh, maybe like a 21-17-ish kind of thing. I don't know if that's low-scoring, but like maybe a 17-14. I'm going to go Bucks. I'm actually got 30, well, 34 to 14. Okay, Bucks. I think it's going to be a little bit heavier. I think Bucks are going to win cover. Yeah. I mean, Dallas, for all it is, they cannot be disciplined to save their lives. Yeah, and, and, and when it when it happens in preseason, it happens in the season. It's not one of those things you can just flip a switch and be fine. You know and this I mean? carried like, over from last season, and they yeah, still it's, didn't it's a fix problem. it. So it's a discipline issue down there in Dallas. Right. Well, and if anything, last thing, if anything, a get-right season for one man, and that is McCarthy. Yeah, You are on the hottest of hot seats down hot there. Hot seats, yeah. He's losing a lot of water weights in on that seat. Uh, <laughs> and next and Tony Pollard. Yeah, Tony Pollard. Could, uh, Look out for Tony paid. Pollard. Uh, we got Broncos and Seahawks as our Monday Night Football matchup. Uh, we just de- skip that. <laughs> debut of Russell Wilson as a Bronco. Yeah. Debut of Buck and Aikman as the tandem on ESPN. Broncos minus 6.5, over under 44.5. Give me the Broncos and give me them big. Same. If anyone can make that game worth watching, it's those two, Buck and Aikman. Yeah. They can make it happen. Yeah, I don't like the Seahawks at all. They suck. All right, let's get into the picks. So the yes. Trust the Pick segment, the TTP of the year. Uh, we're gonna do a lock of the week. Who we the, just win or lose the team that we think is gonna win. Money line. Um, yeah, money line straight up. It can be a big one. Uh, the dog, which is any dog you like, but you think they're the most likely team to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the points, which is where either you're gonna lay them or take them. And then we're gonna go with uh, one added thing this year is gonna be a total one over under that you like. So uh, let's start with the lock. Who do you like this week as your lock of the week? Ravens money line. Yeah, if we're going to go locks, um, I think the Broncos are probably my lock, but I'm going to save them for the points later. Mm. Um, I'm going to go um, I'm going to go 49ers as my lock Ooh. against the Bears. And this is also a gate right season for me because for week one, I didn't do this part, and I suffered yeah. immensely down the stretch. All right, who's your underdog this week? Give me New England over Miami. I was going like to go with the them, too, in the interest of not taking the same one as you. I do like the Giants, but give me the Jaguars. Actually, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Ooh, let, let, me stay on, let me stay on brand. Uh, give me the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, let's get off on the right foot this year. <laughs> I, 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 are they uh, – is one and a half too small of a line for me to pick a team, or is that fine? That's fine. That's okay, fine. yeah, give me the Panthers as my dog this week. Uh, your point spread of the week, the team that you think will cover. Eagles, four and a half. I'm going to go Broncos, six and a half. I know it's a big one, but I'm just going to go Denver to cover the six and a half in Seattle. I think they uh, they blow them out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if they don't, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And give me a total that you like. Uh, it could be over or under. It's under forty two and a half. First game of the of the year that we just covered: New Orleans, Atlanta. Forty two and a half. Uh, you under. like the under in that one? Okay. Yeah. Turnover go, galore, but nothing's happening out of that. I'm going to go. I, I really don't know what to go with here. Uh, I mean, the Vikings, Green Bay, that's just... Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the under in the Bucks-Cowboys uh, game, 50 and a half. 50 and a half? Yeah, I said uh, it was going to be a little bit low scoring, and the Bucks win on the backs of their uh, the defense, so I may as well stick to what I said. All right. Sounds good. We have about one, uh, two, three, four, five, six... No, five. Yes, five uh, mismatches. Okay, so you have more team. Okay, I like that. And then obviously the the TTP segment, we have four that we don't agree on as well. 
Uh, I'll just I'll prep for my uh, winning speech next week. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to do poorly. All right, four <laughs> minutes scramble time, and then we'll do our W's and L's. Do you have any W's and L's this week? Um, I have one W, one L. Uh, I I don't know if I have any. Um, it's cool. Let's go with. Uh, How many weeks have I gone with not not a single one? All right, what well, I got one L, so I'll be ready for the L's. Whoa! Uh, so you want to go? Okay? Sh- yeah, they're fine. They're just barking at the sounds next door. All right. All right. You ready? Yep. I'll kick it off. And go. Uh, CM Punk, we talked about it two days ago on the podcast of these issues following uh, All Out, the press conference and the fight. Well, now it's heavily speculated, nothing confirmed, but heavily speculated that he is on his way out of All Elite Wrestling just a year into his tenure with the company. Nothing's confirmed yet, of course. But if done with the company, was his one year like return to wrestling and with the company a success, mid, or a bust? Um, if I have to pick one, I'll go success. I think he did a lot for that company to put them on the map. Got a lot of eyeballs on the product. Uh, you can say it was a bust because he did poorly at the end there. But um, I, the fact that he came back and went to them is a big you know, feather in their cap. I know for it ended sure. poorly, but if things don't end poorly, they don't end at all. So, I don't know. What do you think? I think success as well. It also, incongruent, it also tarnishes his, like, reputation and whatnot. Because everywhere he goes, it just ends poorly. It goes, yeah. But there's no denying that he is a draw. And he makes, wherever he goes, they just instantly get more credible and better. Yeah. All right. uh, John Tortorella spoke about not rushing to name a captain for the Flyers and has major concerns about the room. Uh, What do you make of this? Is this a good sign or bad sign? Um, this was based off of a serious XM interview, I think in Philly. Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to it to be honest, but I just listened to a clip. That's the, the main thing that he said. He said, there's a lot that he has to work on with the team mm-hmm. and you know, he knows there's a lot that's got to be fixed. So I, I, who knows? Um, and what was the question? Do I like it? Do you think it's a good thing or bad thing? Cause there's it's a couple a ways thing. you can look at it. Yep. Yeah. Good thing. Tremendous thing because he, he recognizes what's in front of him and he has to, figure out what, what what's the cancer, what is the issue in that locker room, and probably the organization from top to bottom. And why would you name a captain off the rip? They got to earn that. Just because Claude Drew's not there, you don't just give it to the next guy who's been there. You got to prove I, it to me. I'm actually a fan of this. Some people look at it as a poor thing because he's kind of bashing his new team, but I kind of like the uh, the idea that he's he wants to go in and fix this. So big ups to him. Um, next, UFC's 279 main event, which is actually less than 24 hours. It's going to be uh, Diaz versus... Uh, Kazma Chimaev. Well, Kazma Tsui? Yeah, right. Um, well, they had the official weigh-ins this morning or this early afternoon, and one half of the main event came in eight and a half pounds overweight. The, the main event, for all purposes, is probably in jeopardy, and they're probably scrambling to find a replacement because the commissioners, wherever it is, will never sanction someone overweight that much even no, if this is, Diaz accepts it so this is not one pound or two this is eight and a half pounds eight and a half pounds it's and that's just deal. way in and obviously at fight night they all balloon up yeah, he's gonna be heavier deal, than he is so now, you're more uh you're more um equipped to speak on this now what do you think happens uh I think definitely a fine's coming for Chimaev um he will be off the card for sure he's there's no way he's fighting I would think Diaz would accept the fight with Tony Ferguson, who's on the card, a former champion, a, t- a fan favorite, and also a certified badass. But Ferguson has been on a losing streak, and Diaz, in his own right, is 
on a losing streak as well, but he's a bigger draw than Tony Ferguson. So I don't think he'll accept okay. it unless he pays, unless he asks for more money and Dana pays it more money, then he'll do it. But right now that main event is pretty much dead in the water. Yeah, that's a that's a big messy situation. That's a shame because these people pay these you know a lot of money to see this fight. People probably yeah. are. I don't know how pay per view works anymore. Do you subscribe to something then you get it, or do you just pay on the day of and get it? Uh, people are going to be spending their money to watch this fight, and they're not going to see it if exactly. it doesn't happen. Honestly. All right. Uh, Major League Baseball voted on three rule changes that will take place next year. As mm -hmm. we uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss the shot clock. Uh, the MLB will be banning the shift on the infield, meaning that uh, two players on either side of the base must be on the infield. Um, with feet on the dirt. So your shortstop can't swing all the way around. Same thing with your second baseman. Uh, the bases will be slightly larger for, you know, health and safety reasons. So you're not getting hurt. Yeah. And there will be a pitch clock, uh, 16 seconds. If there's nobody on base, 20 seconds, if there is one timeout per at bat for the batter. Now, do you like this? Do you not? Uh, I like some aspects of it. I got to see it all and, in, uh, it all in play. We'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more next week. Um, mm -hmm. because there's a we could do a whole segment on this, honestly. It, it literally broke right before we went yeah. to record, yeah. So we had very little to go off of. I like it as well. The, I like it. The, 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 the bases will probably like be my favorite thing, and the pitch clock, yeah, like you said. Because we saw like a side by side triple A MLB. I think by the time the MLB threw his second pitch, there was already three pitches in triple A already yeah. being sent. It shortens the game by 26 minutes, which I know doesn't sound like much, but the action portion of the game is a lot more exciting, especially if you're in person. It's more lively. You're more engaged into the game, and you won't be out of the parking lot by like midnight. You'll be out of there sooner to enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah. Um, the next one we talked about it also prior to the podcast before the uh, recording. NBA jerseys. Um, Rob showed me a picture of the new Detroit Pistons. I don't know if it's City Edition or some kind of jersey or their home jerseys. But it's kind of like plain Jane, just numbers, letters. Yeah, simplistic. Simplicity. Now you pose a question: Do you miss the old school where? The horse was on the piston jersey or the flaming uh, basketball for the 76ers and, or the dinosaur on the Raptors. Do you miss those old school or do you like the simplicity of it? I miss the old school, but I understand why they're doing it simplistic now. They, it's easier to market. But I, I, I'm more in favor of the uniqueness of all the jerseys. Now every team just looks like the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, honestly. All right. Something about the nostalgia of it as well. Yeah, too. The nostalgia plays a big part in it. Um, but I do like to see something different like when the when the uh, the suns kind of did different stuff and the the jazz went different i like that all right last question with the queen's recent passing major sporting events in the united kingdom and eastern countries have been postponed a good portion of people aren't too thrilled about it nor could care too much about the monarchy do you believe that events should be postponed and do you think this would happen in the united states um i don't think it would happen in the united states well i mean if the if the president died i think they would push Oh, yeah, they would I think they would it. cancel some stuff. That's, that's what I was kind of equating it to. Oh, yeah, yeah. In that case, yeah, yeah. Um, because who was it? I saw a tweet like, Ukraine went through a war, yet they continued on what they were doing. Yeah. Despite having a war. And it's not like everyone's in agreement of this monarchy of having a queen as like the ruler of basically Europe or whatever. Like, there was many interviews, especially on CNN, which TikTok is great for. They'll just give you, like, the the blunders that you see on CNN. Yeah. Apparently, CNN was like, oh, how do you feel about the Queen's passing? And this young lady was, like, holding back a laugh, basically saying, honestly, it doesn't really affect my life. I don't really care. I don't even like having that monarchy. I don't even like the royal family for what they've done historically and all this stuff. Yeah. So people can kind of really, like, are over it. That's just an old thing that's just been cemented in 
in people's brains for the Eastern Hemisphere and whatnot. And clearly, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about because I live in the U.S. And just like you said at the top of the show, it doesn't really affect us too much. Yeah. But we do feel condolences for the family. But I, for me, I didn't like it. Like, all right, she passed, but she passed on Thursday. Promotions and whatnot are Saturday. I mean, you're making room for that. I don't know. Especially, yeah, like sure. you said, people are taking time out of their busy schedules, paid a lot of money to see these events and whatnot. Now you're what, re- refunding everybody yeah. to reschedule? It's kind of, I don't know. I understand but, it. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't well. think if other, I mean, if, if like the prime minister of Canada passed away, I don't think we would be postponing things here. So I think it's more of a country by country basis. And it depends on the uh, how devoted you are and how much, how loyal you are to your leader. Honestly. Right. W's and L's, I have very little this week. <laughs> All right. I, just I have, have just an L. I have, <laughs> or right, I'll go first and then you can share your L on that Actually, one. Actually, I'll go uh, one and one. I, I got one and one. All right, perfect. Same, do, so do I. Uh, I'll kick it off. My one L, uh, we already touched on it, Allen Robinson, but this is more specifically for Allen Robinson fantasy owners who picked him up, of thinking course. he's going to blow the doors. Why don't you just shoot the arrow right at me? <laughs> oh, no. You have him on your team? A lot. Yeah, I have like four Allen Robinsons this year. Now, I saw this around most uh, Twitter feeds, and you can confirm this or not, but most people have him as a 2.2 that he averaged or that he got them last night. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, one catch for 12 yards. So you get a point for the catch and then 1.2 for the yards. So All right, bet. Um, Rob, did you know that he played with Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, the great savior Nick Foles? Yeah, that's why I fucking Justin had him Fields, as a, a sleeper this year. Justin Fields and the red rifle Andy Dalton. Yet last night against his, with his new quarterback, Matt Stafford, he was only targeted twice which was the fewest he's ever had in a full game in his entire career. Well, he tore his ACL the first week of 2017, and he had more yards in that game than he did <laughs> last night. Oh, my God. Oh, guess who had him that year, too? He, he, he. <laughs> Does Matt Stafford hate black people? Yes. Uh, <laughs> next. But, yeah, I saw that staggering set. I was like, this is just yeah. a tremendous out for any fan. They'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Allen Robinson's too good, and Stafford's too good, and McBay's too good. They're, they're gonna is that what you're telling point. yourself? They'll make it a point next week to get him involved. You know how it is. The guy that- goes silent the one week, the next week they make it a point to force him the ball. So. And that's where you I, take I, him off easy? I don't think it's a problem, yeah. Oh, my God. All right, my, uh, my one L. Yeah. All right, my, other L, my, my only L is going to be uh, a Virginia Country Club. That what? thought it was a good idea to have 9-11 themed menu for this Sunday. They have a 2977 chowder, which is the number of people that died. They have the first re- first responder flatbread, flight 93 redirect, which is a hot crab dip and a crostini. They have the Pentagon pie, the freedom flounder, the 9-11 oysters with a chipotle uh, remoulade, the, re- the remember teeny, um, and the never forget sampler. Uh, and this is from 12 to 9 p.m. Limited seating available. Curbside pickup available. Uh, only available on 9-11-22. Uh, it's open to the public, though. They dropped the ball by saying it's not. It's this open until 9 uh, to 11. They Patriot Day 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Patriot Day 2022. Seafood Sunday. 540-288-0091. Call the head to reserve. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'd love a slice of that Pentagon pie. Yeah, right? Give me a, give me a corner. Give me the yeah, burning it's, side. It's missing a piece. <laughs> yeah, give me that one. <laughs> Even the crumbs that come with it—that uh, is just wild. They mean well, but yeah, that, that's it's a bad. nice try, but it's uh, it's an ill-advised uh, tactic, in my opinion. 
Oh my God, nine eleven! Jesus Christ! Nine eleven was bad. You're gonna get the. Uh, I'm not even gonna say it on the podcast. I'm just. I'm just I'll yeah. save it for after. <laughs> I'll text it to you. I have um, a, a follow up to that with uh, my W as well. Oh, all right, perfect. Um, my one W is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I found out that they're going to honor late teammate Dwayne Haskins this season throughout the year by wearing a number three. Oh, cool! Uh, sticker on the back of the helmets to commemorate him as well. So. All right. Well, my next my W is going to sort of coincide with him as well. Uh-oh. Um. So, do you know who hit his first home run as a Philly on the day Dwayne Haskins died? <laughs> <laughs> the Queen died yesterday. Obviously, our our sympathies to her. We're not making fun of her death. But um, the screenshot I sent you, uh, the Queen passed away, and guess who started trending on Twitter? Nick. Castellanos. <laughs> Nick Castellanos. Um, so Twitter has done it once again. Uh, my condolences, obviously, to the Haskins family, but Castellanos hit a home run on that day. Um, Castellanos, it's a shame he's not going to be back in time to hit a home run on 9-11, but he hit one last year, which was the lock of the century. <laughs> um, I tried to bet it the night before, but no player props were available. And then, um, and then the uh, Castellanos trending. Twitter did its thing. I, I tweeted. I, I participated. I tweeted a gif of the Undertaker sitting up, and I said <laughs> Castellanos coming off the IL tonight. And uh, so I, I I perpetuated the narrative. I apologize. I probably was like the lone person in the in the entire ballpark that had the Castellanos jersey in memory <laughs> just for that. <laughs> Once I found out the green, I was like, I'll take it by Castellanos. Then I found out that he was on the IL. I'm like, well, he's yeah. with me in spirit. With you in spirit. He's, he's from beyond the grave. If it's anything, a shame. Yeah. If anything, uh, Nick Maton was Cassiano's because that was a rocket. Reincarnated. Yep. So. The, the Knicks. <laughs> exactly. So, wow. Nick, 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 Nick Castellanos. I did say it though. Last... Died. <laughs> I did that? say it last night that once he comes back, he's just going to go on a tear. Oh, you, he's going to hit four like, in a game. You were like, he's going to hit a grand slam <laughs> to make yeah, up for I, everything. If missed. I could have bet him on opening day to hit a grand slam on 9-11, I would have. <laughs> If it was a, it was a, if it was available for that sure. That was a lock. That's my lock of the week. When Castellanos comes off the IL, he's hitting a bomb. <laughs> no pun intended. Did he hit one on Juneteenth? That would have been epic. Good question. I mean, he hasn't hit very many this year. Unfortunately. Hit one when Haskins died. He hit one the day after Will Smith uh, slapped uh, the uh, who's that Chris other guy? Rock. Chris Rock. <laughs> His wife must have been thrilled though. His wife hates it. She went, she, well, she must have been through that he was on the IL. She can't stand this like joke that we all have. Uh, the Phillies, <laughs> they lost 9-3. Uh, nah, he didn't hit one that day. That's a shame. He missed one there. Uh, he was 0-3 with a walk and a strike. I'm sure that's probably if, if anybody needs to get right Didi game. Gregorius batted third that game. Good Lord. Zach Eflin lasted two innings. All right, that's bad. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up I now. Blow my brains out and Castellanos hits a homer on my grave. <laughs> I think that would be a, a nice way to to honor you. If Castellanos hits a home run and I'm and I'm dead, just know that I'm smiling from from up from above or from down from, there. From from I'm smiling <laughs> up at you. Bury me under home plate. <laughs> at the Iron Pigs. Yeah, at the Iron Pig Stadium. I don't even, I'll, he'll hit one on a rehab assignment. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this was episode 70 of the PA Turnpod. Uh, from now on, we're going to be doing two a weeks. Uh, where applicable. Yeah, obviously our work schedules are pretty hectic, and they don't necessarily overlap. So we'll, we'll yeah. do our best to get out the content to everybody. 
Yeah. We tried our best to keep Wednesday short, hour 15. That's kind of the sweet spot. This one ran a little long just because there's so much to get to. We'll do our best to you know split it up and do it well. Um, yeah. Hopefully some more Instagram content. We tried our best last week to, uh, to push out some more. We'll put out some more this week as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll I'll put, I'll put uh... I'll work on that because my work schedule last week was just absolutely brutal. I hope everybody has a happy and safe week one in the NFL as well. For sure. And Rob, uh, one last time, happy birthday. Happy. And thank you. And I would like to uh, wish a, uh, send a sincere uh, thank you to everybody who wished me happy birthday. And uh, also to the uh, the six people that came out to the baseball game with us last night. Yep. Uh, very fun. You were there. Obviously, my um, my partner was there. Uh, a bunch of my buddies were there, and um, I'll see some more of them tonight as well. So thank you again, everybody who wished me happy birthday. It means a lot. Um, I expect nothing, and uh, I'm constantly given a lot of uh, kind words, and I oh, appreciate all that. Of course, buddy. And uh, luckily, the uh, my birthday wish, uh, me getting a little bit better, is uh, feeling – I feel wonderful today. <laughs> I woke up feeling like death, but uh, my cough is here, but I feel wonderful. So my mini bout with this uh, this cold is going to go away soon. For sure. In time for Tough Golf. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. Everybody enjoy week one. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't drink and drive. <laughs>